Part three, stepping toward your new destiny. Chapter nine, the meditative process, introduction and preparation. As I stated earlier, the main purpose of meditating is to remove your attention from the environment, your body, and the passage of time so that what you intend, what you think, becomes your focus instead of these externals. You can then change your internal state independent of the outside world. Meditating is also a means for you to move beyond your analytical mind so that you can access your subconscious mind. That's crucial. Since the subconscious mind is where all your bad habits and behaviors that you want to change reside. Introduction. All the information you have received up to this point has been intended to help you understand what you will be doing in this section. As you learn how to use a meditative process, create a new reality. And once you comprehend and repeatedly execute the how-to steps presented here, you can then work on anything that you want to change in your life. Remind yourself often that it is taking the steps to change. You are pruning away the habit of being yourself so that you can create a new mind for your new future. When I do the process you are about to learn, I want to lose myself in consciousness, disassociate from my known reality, and be devoid of the thoughts and feelings that define me as the old self. In the beginning, the newness of the task you are understanding might cause you to feel unsettled or uncomfortable. That's okay. It's just your body, which has become your mind, resisting the new training process. Understand this before you initiate your discipline and relax. Each step is designed to be easy to understand and simple to follow. Personally, I look forward to my meditation practice as much as anything I do. I find such order, peace, clarity, and inspiration that I rarely miss a day. It took some time for me to arrive at this relationship, so please be patient with yourself, turning small steps into one easy habit. Whenever you've learned anything new, and required full attention and committed practice, you probably follow specific steps during your initial instruction. This makes it easier to break down the complexities of the skill or task at hand so that your mind can stay focused without being overwhelmed. In any endeavor, of course, your goal is to memorize what you're learning so that eventually you can do it naturally, effortlessly, and subconsciously. Essentially, you want to make this a new skill a habit. It's easier to comprehend and execute any new skill when by repetition you master one small task or procedure at a time and then move on to the next. Over time you string each step together as part of one coordinated process. The sign that you're on your way is when all the steps start to look like one easy fluid motion and you produce the intended results. That's your aim in learning this meditation as a step-by-step -step process. For example, in learning to hit a golf ball, there's a host of cues that your mind has to process in order to have your action match your intention. Imagine that while you're preparing to tee off for the first time, your best friend shouts, keep your head down, bend your knees, shoulders square and back erect. Keep your front arm straight, but loosen your grip. 
Hey, shift your weight when you're swinging. Hit behind the ball and follow through. And my favorite, hey, don't forget to relax. All these instructions at once could throw you into a state of paralysis. What if instead you worked on one thing at a time, following a methodical order? In time, it seems logical that your swing would look like one motion. Similarly, if you learn to cook French recipe, you could start by following the individual steps. Do that enough times and there would come a moment when you no longer would prepare the recipe as separate steps, but one continuous process. You'd integrate the instructions into your body-mind, merge many steps into just a few, and eventually cook the meal in half the time. You'd go from thinking to doing. Your body memorizes what you're doing as well as your mind, and you'd be a cook. That's what a procedural memory is. This phenomena occurs when you do anything long enough. You begin to know what you know how. Building a neural network or meditation. Remember that the more knowledge you have, the better prepared you are for a new experience. Every meditation step you practice will have a meaning to you based on what you learned earlier in this book. Each one is based on a scientific or philosophical understanding so that nothing is left to conjecture. The steps are presented in a specific order designed to help you memorize this process for personal change. Although I've mapped out a suggested four-week program for you to learn the entire process, please take as much time as need to practice each step until it becomes familiar. The best pace is to set one that is comfortable so you don't feel, never feel overwhelmed. You will begin every, sen every session by doing the previous steps you learned, then practice the next material for the next week. Because it's more effective to learn some steps together, some weeks will call you to practice two or more steps. Although I recommend that you practice each new mindful step or group of steps for at least a week before you move on to the next one. In a few weeks, you'll have built quite a neural network for meditation. So here's a suggested four-week program. Week one, which is chapter 10. Every day do step one, introduction. Week two is chapter 11. Start every daily session by once again practicing the first step and then adding step two, recognizing step three, admitting and declaring, and step four, surrendering. Then on week three, we're going to do chapter 12. Start each daily session by practicing steps one through four and then add step five, observing and reminding, and step six, redirecting. Week four is chapter 13. Once again, start every daily session by practicing steps one through six, and then add in step seven, creating and rehearsing. Please take your time and build a strong foundation. If you're already an experienced meditator and want to do more at once, that's fine. But work at following all instructions and committing what you will be learning to memory. When you can concentrate on what you're doing without letting your thoughts wander to an extraneous stimuli, you'll come to the point where your body actually aligns with your mind. Now your new skill will become easier and easier to do. 
Thanks to Hebb's law of firing and wiring, the ingredients of learning, attention, instruction, and repetitive practice will develop an associated neural network and reflect your intentions. Woo! That's good. Okay, preparation. Preparing your tools. The right stuff. Separate from your meditation sessions. You will read some descriptive text above each step, often accompanied by questions and prompts under the heading opportunity to write. I recommend that you keep a notebook handy to write down your answers. Then review your responses before you go into each day's meditation. That way, your written thoughts can serve as a roadmap to prepare you to navigate through the meditation procedure in which you will access the operating system of your subconscious. Listen up. When you first learning the meditative steps, you may want to listen to pre-recorded guided sessions. For example, you will learn an intro an induction technique that you will use in every one of your daily sessions to help you reach the highest coherent alpha brainwave state in preparation for the approach that is focus of chapters 11 through 13. In addition, the steps you are to learn each week are available for you to follow in a series of guided meditations. Two approaches to the meditation. Meditation option one. Whenever you see this headphone icon in the book, there's headphone icons. This is a guided meditation that is available. To listen to these guided sessions, you can download them for a small fee at drjoedispenza.com and either play them in MP3 format or burn them into a CD. Audio CDs are also available for purchase. After you read each chapter, then journal your responses in a notebook. You can listen to the corresponding meditation. Each week, you add the next step or steps to those you practiced the previous week. You can add the next related meditation the following week. For example, when you hear the week two meditation, it'll lead you through the week one step, which is an induction technique. Then we'll add the next three steps you will practice for week two. When you do the week three meditation, you will repeat the steps you learned in week one and week two, and then add the steps for week three. For more information about meditations, please visit Dr. Joe Dispenza's website. I just want to make a note that I did purchase these meditations. They're very easy to follow. And um, so if you're a person who needs guided meditation, I think it was $6 or $8, not a big fee. Okay, meditation option two. Alternately, scripts for these guided sessions are included um, in the back in the appendix. So you can read them until you memorize the sequence or dictate them in a recording machine. So those of you that don't want to um, buy them, you can create your own by reading them. They're in the back of the book in the appendix. Okay. Appendix A and B provide two techniques for the induction. Appendix C is a script for the entire meditation, encompassing all of the steps you will learn in part three. If you decide to use Appendix C script to guide your meditation, then each week, please start with the steps you learned in the previous weeks and then build upon them by doing that week's meditation. Preparing your environment. Location, location, location. 
You've learned that overcoming your environment is a critical step in breaking the habit of being yourself. Finding the right environment in which to meditate, one with a minimal amount of distractions, will give you a leg up on defeating the first of the big three. We'll cover other two, the body and time, in a moment. Pick a comfortable place where you can be alone and not be seduced by the addictions of the external world. Make it secluded, private, and easily accessible. Go to this place every day. Make it your special location. You will form a strong connection with this setting. It will represent where you frequent to tame the distracted ego, overcome the old self, create a new self, forge a new destiny. In time, you will truly look forward to being there. A participant in one event I led told me that always fell asleep while she meditated. Our conversation went like this. Where do you practice your mindful training? In bed. What does a law of association say about your bed and sleep? I associate my bed with sleep. What does the law of repetition demonstrate about sleeping in your bed every night? If I sleep in the same place nightly, I can hardwire an association of bed with sleep. Given that fact, the neural networks are formed by combining the law of association with the law of repetition. Might you have formed a neural network to the effect that bed means sleep? And since neural networks are automatic programs that we unconsciously use every day, does it stand to reason that when you're on your bed, your body as the mind will tell you automatically and unconsciously to fall into oblivion? Uh, yep, I guess I need a better place to meditate. Not only did I suggest that she stay out of the bed when she meditates, but that she find a different place separate from her bedroom. When you want to build a new neural network, it's it makes good sense to do your mindful practice in a setting that represents growth, regeneration, and a new future. And please, do not see this location as a torture chamber. <laughs> This is a type of attitude that will undermine your efforts, preventing distractions from your environment. Make sure you won't be interrupted or distracted by people. A do not disturb sign can be helpful or pets um, as much as possible. Eliminate sensory stimuli that could force your mind back to your old personality or awareness of the external world, especially to elements of your familiar to elements of your familiar environment. Turn off your phone and computer. I know it's hard, but those calls, texts, tweets, you know, emails, they can wait. Now I need to make a personal note here. I have a 93-year-old father, so my phone is always going to be on in case something happens. You have to use common sense here. Um, but I've never had him call during my meditation. I do my at the crack of dawn when I get up in the morning. That's my favorite time. Okay, on with the reading. You also don't want the aroma of coffee brewing or food cooking to wafe away your meditation setting. Ensure that the room is a comfortable temperature with no drafts. I usually use a blindfold. Music. Music can be useful as long as you don't play selections that will bring a mind-distracting association. If I play music, I typically use soft, relaxing, trance-inducing uh, instrumentals or chants without lyrics. Uh, when listening to music, I often put in earplugs. Preparing your body. Position, position, position. I sit in a very straight. I sit up very straight. My back is totally vertical. My neck is erect. My arms and legs are relaxed and poised and still, and my body is relaxed. What about using a recliner? 
Just as a sitting in bed, many people will fall asleep. Sitting upright in a regular chair, limbs crossed, uncrossed, is best. If you prefer to sit on the ground and cross your legs Indian style, that's fine too. Preventing body distractions. In effect, you want to put your body away so that you can focus, needing to pay it any attention. For example, using the restroom, dress in loose clothes, remove your watch, drink a little water, and have more within reach. Take care of your hunger pains before you begin. Head nodding versus nodding off. Since we're talking about the body, let me address an issue that may come up in your meditation practice. Although you're sitting upright, you may find your head nodding as though you're about to fall asleep. Um, this is a good sign you're moving into the alpha and theta brainwaves. Your body is used to lying down when your brainwaves slow down. When you suddenly nod like this, your body wants to doze off. With the continued practice, you'll become accustomed to your brain slowing down while you sit upright. The head nodding will eventually stop and your body won't tend to fall asleep. Making time to meditate. When to meditate. As you know, daily changes in brain chemical results in easier access to the subconscious mind just after you wake up in the morning and before you go to bed at night. These are the best times to meditate because you can more readily slip into the alpha or theta states. I prefer to meditate around the same time every morning. If you are really enthusiastic and would like to meditate at both times of the day, go for it. However, I suggest that folks just starting out do it only once a day. How long to meditate? Take a few minutes before each day's meditation session to review any writing you have done in connection with the steps you're about to practice. As I said, think of these notes as your roadmap to the journey you're about to take. You may also find it helpful to reread portions of the text to remind you of what you're about to do before you go into meditation. While you're learning the process, every session will start with 10 to 20 minutes for induction. As you add up your time frame, should lengthen by about 10 to 15 minutes per step. Over time, you will move through rapidly the steps, which you're already familiar with. By the time you learn how to do all these, those in this process, your daily meditation, including induction, will generally take 40 to 60 minutes. If you need to finish by a certain time, set a timer. Go off 10 minutes before you must end your session. That'll give your heads up to complete the session rather than having to stop abruptly without bringing what you want to do to a close. And set aside enough time to meditate so that the clock doesn't become a concern. After all, if you're meditating and find yourself thinking about your watch, uh, you have an overcome time. Essentially, you may have to wake up earlier or go to bed a little later in order to carve out the slot in your day. Preparing your mind. Mastering the ego. To be honest, I do have those days where I battle my ego tooth and nail since it wants to be in control. Some mornings as I begin the process, my analytical mind starts thinking about flights to catch, meetings with staff, injured patients, reports and articles I need to write, my kids, complex phone calls I have to make, the random thoughts from nowhere that pop in my mind. I'm obsessing about everything predictable in my external life, typically my mind like most people. It's either anticipating the future or remembering the past. When that occurs, I have to settle down and realize that those are all known associates that have nothing to do with creating something new in the present moment. 
If this happens to you, it is your job to go beyond the tedium of normal thinking and enter into the creative moment. Mastering the body. If your body buckles, if your body bucks like an unbridled stallion because it wants to be the mind to get up and do something, think about some place it has to go in the future or remember a past emotional experience with some person in your life. You must settle down into the present moment and relax. Every time you do, you're reconditioning your body to a new mind in time and it will acquiescence. A-C-Q-U-I-E-S. CE. Sorry, guys, don't know that word. It was conditioned by unconscious mind and had to be retrained by you. So love it, work with it, and be kind to it. It'll ultimately surrender to you as its master. Remember to be determined, persistent, excited, joyful, flexible, and inspired. When you do, you're reaching for the hand of the divine. Now, let's begin. <laughs>